Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small. Before we get into the episode, I want to remind you guys of Starting Small Summit. On April 13th in Mishawaka, Indiana, we're hosting our first live in-person summit at Bethel University. We're hosting a speaker panel of Joe Foster of Reebok, Stacy Madison of Stacy's Pita Chips and Be Bold Bars, and Dr. Jonathan B. Levine of Glow Science and JBL New York City. I hope to see you guys there and make sure to check the link in this podcast description for tickets and all the details you can find about the speakers themselves. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small, a podcast about brand development, entrepreneurship, and innovation in the modern world. In this episode, I'm joined by John Pinto, founder of Boom Boom Naturals, aromatherapy nasal inhalers. Listen as John shares stories from his upbringing, the overall founding story to Boom Boom, and the experience pitching the business on Shark Tank. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small. Today, I'm joined by John Pinto of Boom Boom. John, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Cameron. Appreciate it. Amazing. So to start out, I would like to start out with your upbringing. Uh, so where did you grow up and what was your childhood like? Yeah, sure. So I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, kind of like the southern suburb um, called the Ahwatukee. Probably mm-hmm. most people have never heard of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I had, a, I had a great childhood. I have um, two amazing parents. Um, both are kind of in the holistic health and wellness space. They're both chiropractors by trade and they have a little, um, a little wellness center in Ahwatukee there where they have a few other practitioners that rent from them. So, um, yeah, I had a, a really amazing upbringing there, um, played sports growing up, um, basketball, football. I swam when I was younger. Arizona is very, very hot. So in the yep. summer you you swam and you bowled. <laughs> so I used to be pretty good at bowling as well, but uh, not yeah. so much anymore. <laughs> Would you say that uh, you had an entrepreneurial mindset, say like lemonade stands or Sony products growing up? Yeah, I was the, uh, well, both my parents, you know, had their own business. So I saw that like firsthand, like what that meant to kind of create your own schedule and work for yourself. Yeah. Um, and also my grand, my grandpa too was an entrepreneur. And so, um, and it's, yeah, definitely in our blood for sure. Um, and then I was, yeah, I was always, I was never one to like go and like splurge and buy things, but I would always kind of stash what I could. And I was really into like trading cards and, you know, I, but when I got a good one, I'd actually sell it. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't holding on to it. I remember I had a, uh, <laughs> I pulled a, uh, Kobe Bryant, like tops Chrome rookie card. Oh wow. And I sold, you know, it goes for a lot now, but I think I yeah. ended up selling it like a year later for like a grand and I was all stoked about it. Um, wow. <laughs> so yeah, I was always like hustling and thinking of ways to make money. And, um, I also went to a basketball camp with Michael Jordan there and the upper deck was there wow. and they were like, you could bring one thing to get signed. And I, I, wow. uh, I brought like a ball and then I sold it on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's incredible I don't, i'm not i don't know if you care sharing but how much did you like sell that for at that age especially oh man so i think that was when i was a freshman in high school um and i think the ball sold for maybe like 1200 bucks okay yeah. Yeah, nice. i had i had a i got a jersey sign and a ball i went and i was fortunate enough to go two years the team that i played with one of the uh like the travel team i played with the the uh, coach worked at the camp, so he got all the team into it every year. So I got to go a couple of years. Wow, amazing! So, 
you ended up going to college. Um, where did you go to study? And then what did you study there? Yeah, so I went to Emory University. It's out in Atlanta. Okay. Uh, great school. Had an amazing time. Um, I knew nothing about Emory. I didn't even know it was a school uh, yeah. or existed at all. And I I went there because they had sent me a, a recruiting letter for, uh, for basketball. Uh, and it was D3, like, they don't give scholarships, but, you know, basically your entry is your payment is like, Hey, we'll like, let you come to our great school. Yeah. And maybe you probably shouldn't have gotten in here, um, <laughs> but you are going to play basketball. So we'll make an exception. So I yeah, ended up getting an Emory, uh, um, and then halfway through got into the business school there. Um, kind of like hustled my way into the business school. I was like volunteering at this like conference they would do mm-hmm. every year for students. So I did that the first couple of years. And then I, kind of, again, like worked my way into the, the B school there. So yeah, loved it. Had a great, had a great time at Emory and, uh, highly recommend people checking it out if they've ever been. Amazing. Uh, with your time there, were you involved with, uh, basketball all four years? What did that look like? Yeah. So I played the first two years and then unfortunately I had a series of injuries. Um, i and they weren't even related to basketball, which is kind of the sad thing. Like I broke my oh. wrist playing, playing intramural softball. Oh, man. Um, I tore my labrum snowboarding in the off season. Wow. Um, and then I also did have ankle surgery that was related to basketball. So all that happened in the first couple of years. And I basically was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And the, the cool thing though, is that when I was there, we weren't very good. I think we were usually f- kind of finished at like the bottom of the, uh, of the conference and they've completely turned it around. They, a new coach came in and they, I mean, they're, you know, making the tournament every year and they're winning. So, you know, kudos to them. definitely, yeah. definitely. So, uh, following your time there and then, uh, prior to boom, boom, what kind of jobs were you working then? Yeah, I basically had no clue what I wanted to do, uh, right out of college. So, you go to Emory, you're in the business school, I would say probably 80% of the people coming out of that program are looking at finance jobs or consulting jobs like in New York or Chicago or LA or wherever. And I knew that I definitely was not going to be doing that. Um, I didn't know what I was going to be doing, but I I didn't feel like that was necessarily for me. Mm -hmm. And so I went, I moved back home to Arizona. I, lived with my parents, like looked on, you know, Craigslist every night for random jobs. I was like playing, playing golf a lot, playing online poker for the summer (laughs) and, um, ended up getting, uh, finding this, this, uh, ad on Craigslist that was for a healthy vending company. So like vending machines, but like healthy food in it. Yeah. And they had a really compelling, um, job opportunity ad. And I was like, wow, this, this seems, uh, interesting. And so ended up applying for that, which, uh, turned out me being the first employee at a company that was called human health eventing at the time. And then okay. that transferred to what was then like snack nation. And now they actually pivoted, uh, again in their Karoo now. Oh, wow. uh, which has been, they've had a quite, quite the journey, you know, COVID stuff really kind of hit their business. It was like healthy snacks delivered into offices and all that got, yeah. you know, turned off almost overnight with COVID stuff. So they've, um, yeah, they're Karoo now, but I, yeah, I had a, 
incredible experience working with uh, the founders there and was able to see really like the growth of the business from, you know, me being brought on to maybe like the first 50 employees. Uh, they were, you know, they were like one of the fastest growing companies in Inc. a couple of years and Forbes wow. and all that. So I really did have a first row seat of like what it takes to build something and, and they were doing it pretty quick too. It was definitely impressive. Definitely. I, I love uh, when I have guests on and they share that they worked for a startup prior to their startup. So uh, I, as, as you know, you, you wore many hats at that company, I'm sure. Um, mm -hmm. What kind of impact did your time working there have on Boom Boom, would you say? Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it completely translated, you know, one-to-one. -one. I, I use, yeah. I still use some of the same, like, goal setting, like, quarterly goal setting uh, strategies. Like, we also have a thing called crucial results that we look at every week with the team that I pulled from that, you know, like, all the little things that you really, like, why am I doing this? But it actually yeah. does really matter when you're trying to like run a team and grow a business. So definitely. Yeah, it was and the hustle too. I mean, it was a really fun company culture. They're very like work hard, play hard, a lot of younger people like just getting after it and wanting to like, you know, have fun along the way. So definitely. Yeah, it was it was I try to kind of bring a lot of that into the boom boom culture as well. Amazing. So uh boom boom comes around 2015 and what I know it's around a trip to uh, Thailand. So if you can kind of describe what that trip was like and what inspired you to enter the nasal inhalation uh, category. Yeah, for sure. So um, the trip, I wasn't on that trip. The trip was okay. the other the other person uh, who used to be involved in the company um, and isn't isn't really in the mix anymore. But okay. um, there's there is a daily use nasal inhaler product in Southeast Asia and other parts of the world, but it's very, very common in Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. um, like they're sold in every single corner store and they um, are, again, like I said, part of culture. And so I, when my friend introduced the product to me, I instantly was like, this is awesome. I was like, I, there's something here. We like need to be like figuring this out. And so um, we basically created, you know, kind of created samples. I was still working at the other, you know, company, but I was out in Los Angeles, you know, 22, 23, like I had our first batch of samples and I was just like giving them to everybody. And this was, this was like prior to that kind of 2015, 2016 launch date. So okay. we had a lot, we had a lot of like direct feedback from potential customers, um, you know, probably a, two to 3000 samples worth of feedback. And I'd say 99% of those, you know, kind of that feedback was, Hey, this is awesome. Where can I buy it? Or I've never tried it or I've never seen anything like this. And so we knew there was something. Um, yeah. and that was really what kind of set it off. And so we started to kind of build a, build a supply chain, um, here in the States. And then, yeah, like 2015 is when our Shopify store went live and, you know, I had left um, the other company and was ready to ready to go all in. You know, it was yeah. um, really, uh, you know, obviously a big risk and there was no other product like it yeah. on the market. And so we, you know, sent a, spent a lot of time like DMing people on Instagram back in the day when that used to be really beneficial and yeah, um, has evolved a little bit since then. But that was really the beginning of it. 
Amazing. I'm curious at those early days then, what did the R&D and prototyping process look like when creating these samples? Yeah, so we work with a very, um, I wouldn't say well-known, but a very um, legendary fragrance and formulating company that has done a lot of really unique stuff mm-hmm. all around the world. And I just so happened to like get introduced to this lady through, um, through kind of like our original manufacturer. And she's like, I don't normally take on new projects, but like, this is different. Like, mm-hmm. I want to help you. And that was, wow. I mean, that was like 2015. And so she has been instrumental in like helping formulate all of these scents. And, um, it, you know, it is a process you start with, you know, Hey, this is the idea or the concept of this particular scent. And then they're putting together a bunch of samples mm-hmm. and then it's, you know, you're smelling each of them. And, and, you know, my wife, she's, a she has the nickname, the nose, and that's actually what they, what they call it in the fragrance world as well. Yeah. Uh, but people that have very keen senses of smell and can really pick up on like different notes that maybe other people wouldn't be able to. Yeah. And so she's, she's actually been really influential in like picking the final sense. Cause, um, yeah, she's great at it. So yeah, she comes into some of those meetings with me and, um, we actually, you know, we've developed some new stuff along the way, but it's, it's been fun. And what we're finding is like a lot of people are more attracted to the more of the like winter mint or mint scents that are kind of the two newer flavors for us, because it is a more familiar, yeah. like scent. It's almost like a gum or like a mint. Definitely. Um, so it's been interesting to see that along the way. Definitely. So you, I mean, you probably answered it there with your wife, but how would you test effectiveness? Like in the early days when you're developing a new say scent? Yeah. Um, you know, the scents don't necessarily have a particular like use case, like, Hey, this one is for this purpose. This one's for this purpose. Like they all have the same purpose in my eyes. And that is to help support and reinforce nasal breathing. It's going to feel really great. It's going to be very refreshing. Mm-hmm. And that was always like the baseline of it. And that, and with that, it's like, okay, menthol, peppermint are like the two kind of strongest components of the, the product. Mm-hmm. And then everything else just kind of layers on top of that. And so like the tropical scent, for example, it's, it is, you know, peppermint, it's menthol, but then it's like, grapefruit peel oil and lime peel oil, uh, orange peel oil. So the, the magic though, and kind of the secret sauce is in like the ratios of all of those Yeah, and really fine tuning that over like dozens and dozens of samples was, you know, really how we've done it. And it's, it's, um, yeah, you got a lot of people, a lot of people trying a lot of blind, like smell tests, all that kind of stuff. Definitely. So I'm curious then in the early days and how this progressed uh, even to today, what is your uh, main marketing strategies for kind of a new category to maybe the US? Yeah, it's it's been challenging, honestly. I think, you know, back in 2015, in my uh, my younger days, gosh, it seems like, uh, you know, I guess I was like 26, 27. Mm-hmm. Um, we were like, hey, we're going to make this as like weird and obscure as possible and really go like top of funnel, like shock and awe value of like, what is this? I need to learn more. I need to click and find out what this is. Yeah. Um, That's kind of where it started. 
and as we've you know matured a little bit um now we're starting to get into like a little bit more like specific a little bit more like specific um use cases mm -hmm. and so thinking about like who's using it why they're using it we have a long list of like surveys that we've done over the years um and trying to get a little bit more like granular on like how we talk to these different customer groups yeah um but also keeping in mind that like it is honestly like anybody with a nose would enjoy the product at least 99 percent of people so it's more about like hey like when are they using it why should they have it in their pocket mm -hmm. um and that's more recently why we've really kind of started to lean in on this the whole aspect of nasal breathing and it you know we have an ent that that gives it to every single patient and he's like john love your product for like the simple fact that it reminds my patients to breathe through their nose wow i'm like wow that's awesome and it's so simple you know a yeah. lot of people are sitting there like you know mouth breathing they're not like consciously thinking about breathing through the nose and there's a ton of data and new science that's come out over the last couple of years of like how like impactful and beneficial that is. Yeah. And so we see ourselves as just an, a cool pocket product that is like helping you to like think about that. And yes, it also feels amazing. And um, there's other benefits to it as well. Like it definitely helps with bad breath. It, you know, we don't go too deep into like sinus and congestion stuff, but it does like open your sinus passage up. It does. Um, have benefits, you know, with allergies and people who, you know, are dealing with that, but mm -hmm. we're not necessarily like marketing to that group yeah. because we want it to be a little bit more like everyday carry like chapstick or gum. Certainly. So you mentioned uh, who and why you, they use the product. Uh, I'm curious from that marketing then, can you depict maybe a demographic or a main demographic for the product? I, yeah, I can tell you exactly who's using our product. We have a our Google Analytics, if you're gonna oh, yeah. laugh, it's a it's a it's a circle with <laughs> basically exactly identical pie chart cutouts of every single age group. Yeah. And male and female 50-50. Like it's it's insane. Wow. I mean everybody everybody is um, seemingly interested in it. Uh, I don't <laughs> know if that's a it's not really a good thing when you're trying to sell things online, but um, <laughs> it it does it is exciting to see that like a, there's a lot of different people using this product. I think for us though, like when we talk about who we want using our product, it's 18 to 35 year old male, female people that are like active, mm. active lifestyles. Like maybe they're studying for like a test they're you know, using it at the gym. Yeah. Um, they're using it to just kind of keep on their desk and like stay focused throughout the day. That's in a perfect world who would be, you know, how people would be using it but we're also like sitting on the shelf at cvs and like the cold cough set and so people with allergies or who are like not feeling so hot are using the product as well and yeah um yeah it's just it is it's a big variety of people definitely so i'd like to talk a little bit about your shark tank uh experience what what, what that yeah. was what was the, that was like when you found out you got accepted and also being on set and the interview process yeah, Shark Tank was was awesome. We had so much fun. My wife, you know, I've already mentioned, she came on the, the show with me, and mm -hmm. um, it was you don't necessarily the whole you get work through this whole process, and then you 
go and like you have like a kind of final couple steps of like hey are you going to actually go and pitch the sharks and once we they approved like the producers approved us to like have that opportunity that you still don't know really right they're yeah. filming for so many days for you know half a season or whatever uh but yeah we got the call and even on that day you go you may not get to go and pitch like it's it's wow. you know there's nothing guaranteed so um yeah i'll the craziest thing was you know you get to go and you get to approve your um you get to approve your setup like even when it's out there before you walk out like it's your business it's your brand like they yeah. want to make sure everything looks perfect and so we had you know you leave all your stuff and they set it all up for you and we had all these samples that we like hand picked for them we opened them so they weren't like fumbling around and trying to open them like during the show like we had it all set up and yeah i go and look at the thing before we're about to walk out and everything was mixed up i was mm -hmm. like so like literally like call it five minutes before we're supposed to walk you know walk out i'm like back there like fumbling through like all these different tubes trying to find the right oh, ones man but it was fine it all worked out yeah you know it was it was uh it was wild though honestly it was you know you kind of go in there and it's pretty intense Definitely. um but we had fun with it and it, it was um you know helped the business out a lot and we definitely if you have an opportunity to go on and pitch you know yeah uh i'd recommend it you know so long as you don't go on there and you know act like you know it all kind of thing definitely <laughs> definitely so i've had some uh, shark tank alums actually on the show before and they mentioned you don't know if your shows or if your pitch is even going to air and when it yep. does air they notice a massive spike in website traffic was that similar to you as well yeah we it was funny so when we got the email um because i think they emailed you like two or three weeks in advance being like hey you're gonna air this day mm. we actually got aired on my birthday Oh wow! And so we had like a birthday party, like Shark Tank viewing, and my so buddy cool. who runs all of our like digital. We had like a whole command center like set up. Um, ended up getting like banned from a couple of the platforms, like this the night it aired because, um, yeah, there's I could go on for days about <laughs> advertising online with our product specifically. We're always getting blocked and this and that because they don't know what it is they're like is this a drug is this a pharmaceutical can they like it's like yeah. guys i don't know how many times we need to have this conversation but yeah it's an aromatherapy nasal stick okay it's like <laughs> one of the safer products that you're advertising on on your platform like relax <laughs> um but it was fun like it was great we had a great time sales i think our amazon uh our Amazon seller account wasn't, was like, wasn't updating for like a good five minutes, you know, and it went from like maybe seeing like 5,000 to like, you know, over a hundred K type of thing. And those wow. like very quick, like few minutes. So, wow. yeah, it was, it was definitely a nice bump in sales and that, and that lasts for, you know, obviously the big air night. And then it probably mm -hmm. peters out over like seven days where it kind of like starts to drop off. Yeah. Um, but then even now we get re-aired on CNBC every probably three or four times a year and see a nice wow. little uptick. So it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those, the, the gift that keeps giving for Definitely. sure. I mean, I could see it being absolutely devastating if it was like a horrible showing. We were very yeah. fortunate that we had a couple of like fun interactions and it really like, I think helped our, our case. So certainly. 
So I'm curious uh, today if you have if you have an idea. You mentioned kind of the minty flavors. What would you say is the top seller then? Uh, winter mint is definitely the top seller, and then mints and tropical are like the next two right behind that. And we're we're actually in the process of kind of streamlining some of our our operations and really focusing on like those three cents because that's what the retailers want. That's what's mm-hmm. selling the most online. Um, so we have a couple of new things we're going to launch, but it's going to be after we like launch our whole like rebrand. Certainly. But it's um, yeah, Winter Mint is by, by far the number one bestseller because everyone's had like Winter Mint gum. Yeah. You know, it's t- it smells very much like that. So I think it's just the most like relatable scent. Definitely. So kind of to uh, recap and to the listeners out there who are unaware. So say someone goes to the site, they order a new product. What can the consumer expect when they open that box and how does the device and the product actually work then? Yeah, so you'll probably get the envelope. Uh, Hopefully it's in a nice branded envelope from our fulfillment company. (laughs) Sometimes it doesn't always make it that way, but um, you'll probably smell the package before you even open it because the oils in the product are, you know, very flavorful and very intense. And then I'm trying to open this one for you right now. Part of our rebrand is uh, we're moving away from these little shrink sleeves and we're doing like a nice, like soft touch, like proper label. That's a whole, whole other saga. Yeah. The beauties of entrepreneurship, but it literally is, is, um, you know, it's a little tube. You put it up your nose slightly, give a nice deep inhale and you're going to feel a, like a cooling and soothing vapor travel up this, the nasal passage and you can kind of almost like back into your throat. Um, it's not like liquid or anything. It is truly like if, yeah. if you've ever used like a VIX inhaler, it's very similar to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you're going to leave it on your desk. Or you're going to put it in your pocket or purse and you're, you'll probably feel like you want to use it. I don't know, maybe three, four times a day. Yeah. Um, you know, we have people that are using it for very specific things, but we also have people that are using it more of just like a general you know, anytime maybe you'd like throw in a mint, you'd, you know, get your boom boom out too. And definitely give a nice inhale. Amazing. Well, I like to conclude each episode with this. Uh, if you could share one piece of advice with an aspiring entrepreneur, maybe something you've learned or regret, uh, what would that be? Yeah, I think what is most top of mind for me is maybe thinking a little bit more about where you plan to sell your product. Um, I was very, very much not thinking about retail when we launched online, Mm. but I ultimately knew we would probably push into retail. And so starting to think about like, what does that actually mean for your business on all fronts? Like specifically what I'm thinking about now is like packaging, right? Like knowing like where, is your product gonna sit on the shelf? What are the other people in the space doing? Like there's a reason that the product is like packaged that way and is sized that way. Definitely. Um, it'll save you a lot of time, a lot of energy, uh, a lot of money. Yeah. Um, that would probably be one of the main thing that's, that's top of mind. And then I think, you know, the other thing is just, you gotta be persistent. You know, there's always ups and downs. It's definitely, uh, can be a, a lonely road sometimes, but um, it's it's 
absolutely worth it in my opinion. And I wouldn't trade the, uh, the entrepreneurial kind of lifestyle for anything. So definitely amazing. Well, John, thank you so much for taking the time to join me and to listeners out there. Make sure to check out Boom Boom at boomboomnaturals.com. Awesome. Thanks so much. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Starting Small. If you would, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, follow Starting Small Pod on social platforms to keep up to date on future guests.